0: At this time if we've got children that would like to go to our children's ministry time They can be dismissed out the back door Miss Bethany will be back there Miss Grace And they would love to have them with them Teach them the Bible at their age level And have a good old time For the rest of you I've got uh, a couple of additional announcements, but before I get going, go ahead and open your Bibles to Psalm 42 and 43. See, this morning uh, is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to open the new year with challenging you to long for the Lord. But before we get there, we are going to look at both Psalm 42 and 43. I want to give you another announcement, um, and that is the launch of the Hope Bible Fellowship app for your phone. So, uh, up here, you'll see that icon up there is what it looks like. If you, and it's available in Google, if you're an Android user, or Apple, um, or any of that, any of those app stores, it's available on your Roku TV. There will eventually be a TV app as well. So, what has happened is this is going to replace FaithLife for all of our church communication, as well as any of our church management or any of that. So, FaithLife Equip uh, let us know a few months back that they were doing away with the parts of faith life that we use for that. <laughs> They're doing away with their online giving. They're doing away with their church management. They're doing away with their website hosting. And so we had to, we have to, we're in the process still of doing that. Of uh, 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 First of all, we had to find someone who could basically try and find someone who could do all of that for us, a company. I found a company called Subsplash. And after discussing it, the deacons and I decided we'd just go ahead with that. They just said, what well, What do you think will work best? And I said, I think it's this one. And so uh, Subsplash will host our website, which is not updated yet, so it's still the same. And you guys likely won't notice any difference. It'll still be HopeofDixon.com. You won't notice any difference other than it'll look different. Okay? The outside world won't notice a lot of difference yet. So this is what I'm calling a soft launch of the app. If you want to download the app, you just have to go to your app store on your phone. And I would encourage everybody that has a smartphone to do this because it is going to be the way we communicate. So you won't have to necessarily be in Facebook or anything like that. You can turn on your notifications and you will get, we will be able to send messages, private messages that are not on Facebook. They're not through anything else that will come directly to your phone through the app. Uh, just like you would get a Facebook Messenger or a text message, it will come the same way. And so if you want to go ahead and put that uh, QR code up there, um, if you'll scan that with your phone camera right now, if I'm, gonna, I'm giving you permission to take a picture at church during service, um, not that you ever need permission for that, but get out your camera. If you scan this QR code right now, it'll take you to a web page which will give you links to down, to that will take you and you click on the right link for your app store and it'll take you right there to download the app. This, is, this app is where we're going to have our, our live stream eventually will be there. It's not there yet. Again, this is a soft launch. Uh, all of our messaging and communication will be there. Um, all, everything that you'll be able to, uh, to do. It even has a built-in Bible So once you get the app, you'll notice at the bottom there's a tab, or at the top, I can't remember which, it says Bible, and you can click on that, and you can go straight into reading your Bible. And I have scheduled a built-in Bible reading plan to read through the whole Bible in a year, and that starts today, and you can do that right in the app if you want. Um, It is a different Bible reading plan than the one-year Bible reading plan I put out there on the table And I want to say a word about the Bible reading plan. I'm going to challenge you later to read the Bible this year. There's a Bible reading plan out there that is a a six-day-a-week plan that allows you to have Sundays off to focus on the passage uh, for the sermon for that week. I printed them out. Uh, The PDF that I have of that plan, which I really like that plan, the way it's set up, it's very different, has a big, long, complicated name, so just ignore that part. But the plan is great. The print is really, really small. Okay, so pick one up and if you can, you know, get a magnifying glass or whatever and get through this week with it, I'm going to try and have other copies of that plan available or even better, you can download and install the app and you can read uh, through the Bible in a reading plan right on your phone through the app. Okay, this will be where we keep track of our events. You can see Family Feast is already up there on the events page, Um, our old audio of sermons will be available through there. And anyway, I just wanted to roll that out. This is so this is the soft launch. Um, There'll be more information later. Um, I'll be we'll make available like some tutorial stuff to show you how to get around and do stuff on there. And this can be shared with anybody. This is going to be one of the ways that we're going to, as we invite people to church. As you're out, and you can say, "Hey, uh, like you come to my church. Hey, we have an app. You can just download the app and then uh, and check it out. Listen to some messages. Check us out. There's also a tab for giving. So instead of going through um, the giving we have set up on our website currently is with Faith Life, it still works. Every all the Faith Life stuff theoretically will work until June that's when the, they're sunsetting everything we wanted to get ahead of it because we knew it was going to take some time to get everything set up so you can still give the way you have been through that page on the website or you can do online giving straight from the app it's set up to go also so it all goes into our general fund so um, it's all set up it's ready to go I've even tested it uh, so it's, it's good to go You'll notice some of the stuff on the app is not fully complete yet. That's just because I have a limited amount of time (laughs) to do app development (laughs) while also pastoring. So, uh, anyway, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be really great for our church and, uh, and, oh, and by the way, I know we're going to talk about money in a few weeks with AJ, but, um, because we were coming from faith life, one of the reasons we picked subsplash besides they have all this stuff, the website, everything's included. I update it once and it gets updated everywhere. Uh, they also they have a TV app, but they gave us a hefty discount because we were faith life customers and faith life was quitting doing those uh, they were sunsetting those elements and so it was really really cool it's been a really good experience for me uh, so anyway uh, download that check it out this week maybe don't play with it while i 'm preaching, but uh, then you check it out, play with it this week, see what you think, and uh, it will just improve and get better, and the more we use it we'll have groups communication groups set up i've already Uh, talked about uh, groups for the worship band have their own group where they can send private messages back and forth or song lyrics or whatever else. Um, Ladies group can have a, have a chat. We can have a thing, a message that goes out. Like if we would have inclement weather and services would be canceled, we could just send a message out through the app to everybody and you'd get a notification on your phone when you woke up. So anyway, with that, let's get into the real meat of why we're here today. Let me ask you a question. What is it in your life that you're truly longing for? What is it that you long for? Is it success at work? Is it to be popular, well-known, have a lot of followers on social media? To have a lot of money? Do you long to be married, have children, maybe get a better job, or maybe retire and collect seashells on a beach somewhere? What do you long for so much that it drives you? Most of us have longings in our lives that drive us to some kind of action. But often, and, and please don't hear this as a guilt trip because that's really not the point of this. But often, and, and by the way, as I'm preaching this this morning, as I was preparing this and stuff, you know, sometimes these messages that I'm preparing, I'm like, I'm preparing them to preach to you. But at the same time, God's sort of using them to kick my teeth into a little bit. Oftentimes, though, we don't long for God like we should, and and I I wonder why that is. I wonder why it is in my life, I wonder why it is in your life, why sometimes we don't long for God like we should. In in our two passages for today, we're going to see the psalmist longing for God and expressing that longing through his writing, not just longing in an abstract way, but particularly longing to worship with the people of God in the temple again. So let's read from both Psalm 42 and 43 and see how he longs to worship God. It's a long a longer couple of passages. I need to point out also that 42 and 43 are 43 is really just a kind of a continuation. It's almost like a part 2 of this. Think of it as like almost like a like a two-part song or you know maybe a concept album, I don't know. Whatever however you want to think of that exactly. But it's really just kind of a continuation of that, of that sort of attitude and thought. So let's begin. To the choir master, master, a mascal of the sons of Korah. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He goes on in Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray and ask God to change our hearts and lives. Lord God, as we come to your word, let our hearts be open. Break down in us anything that needs broken down if there's pride, if there's stubbornness or or stiff-neckedness, that you would break it down. That we would have a humble and a contrite heart. That if there are things in our hearts that are uh, keeping us from longing for you, that you would spend this time digging those out. Do that heart surgery on us, God let there be nothing keeping us from freely running after you, Jesus. During this time, would you cause me to decrease and you to increase, Lord. And move in the hearts of your people and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're taking notes, point number one you might want to write down is even Christ followers face tough times. Bad stuff happens to Christians. Even Christ followers have tough times. There is a stream of theology that will tell you that if you just have enough faith, life will be like a bowl of cherries for you. But they have no answer for it when things go wrong other than, well, I guess you didn't have enough faith, and they pile it all upon you. But the truth in scripture is that even people who follow Jesus have bad stuff happen to them. People get sick, people get cancer, people pass away. We don't fully know the situation that the psalmist is in, but he longs to return to worship again. It's quite possible that maybe he was in exile or fleeing from an enemy, but he feels anguish. He feels much anguish. He pants for God. He wonders when he'll see the face of God again. He's consumed with tears. His soul is downcast. Why so downcast on my soul? Why, Why this turmoil, right? His pain, it's in his bones. And there are times like this in our lives that are especially tough. When he remembers previous days, when he would go to worship. So he's going through, he's, he's in anguish. He's, and he remembers the previous days when he was in worship. And it's like, oh, and I, and, but now I've got this turmoil. I've got this like, why so downcast my soul? And he's got all this going on. And when I read that, when I said he's consumed with tears, his soul is downcast, his pain in his bones. Some of you are like, yeah, I, I get that. I, I know where that's at. Like I felt that. Some of you may be there right now. And these times are especially tough for him when he remembers previous days. He'd be going, he'd be worshiping. He talked about, what, leading a processional in worship? There were others in the Bible who followed God faithfully, but also faced tough times, also fell fell on hard times, shall we say. Moses was burdened with God's people in the book of Numbers. Elijah, the prophet that is so revered, was pursued by the queen because she wanted to end him. Paul despaired even to death. So we find as we read scripture, another important reason why it's important to read all of scripture and not just kind of pick verses out, is that we find these other people who... Some we would we would find in the hall of faith, or we would say they're giants of the faith, and we go back and we look at their life, just like when we went through Jesus' family line a few weeks back, like during the leading up to Christmas. And we find all of these things, like these are people who we'd say, Wow, they're giants of the faith, they're in the hall of faith. There. And then we look and we find these moments where they're in deep despair because they're going through tough times. Life can be so unpredictable. Joys and sorrows, beautiful blessings, and distressing difficulties can come unexpectedly. Our life's dreams and our plans can change in an instant. And we all know that to be true. Takes what? One phone call? One email? One knock at the door? So how can we find peace amid such turbulence? The author that wrote that sentence recounts the story of horatio spafford that's a great name isn't it horatio spafford horatio spafford knew something about life's unexpected challenges he was a successful attorney and real estate investor who lost a fortune in the great chicago fire of 1871 around the same time his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever So thinking a vacation would do his family some good, and particularly his wife, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business that was going on at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision with another ship, and it sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, survived. His wife, Anna, survived, but all four of their daughters died in the tragedy. Upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to her husband that began, Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the very spot where the shipwreck had occurred and his daughters had gone down. As Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and mind as he passed over that spot. And he wrote those words down. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well. It is well with my soul. Which has become a much-loved hymn over the last hundreds of years. Because we live in a fallen world, we sometimes face tough times because of someone else's decisions. Sometimes we face a hard time that wasn't because of something we did, but it was based on someone else's decision. Sometimes we face these hard times because of our own foolish decisions. In fact... Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. But that's probably quite a lot of the time. Maybe most of the time. We'll end up facing hard times because of our own foolish decisions. But there's another reason why these things happen. Whether it's decisions somebody else makes or decisions we've made foolishly. There's another reason these times of trouble happen. God wants us to thirst for him. He will use the hard things in your life to cause you to long for him. See, he's shaping us to be more like him, to love him more, to be what we're supposed to be. And that leads us to our next point, and that's just this. Tough times should lead us to thirst for God. Tough times that we go through, struggle we go through, hardship we go through, should lead us not away from God, but should lead us to thirst for God. Listen to the psalmist's words. He, He pants for God. He thirsts for him. He feels forgotten and rejected, but still he cries out to God. Sometimes we forget the desperation and the realness in some of the prayers in psalms. It would be Odd for us to come to a, an experience that we don't see lined out somewhere there. As far as his feeling, forgotten and rejected, his crying out to God. Sometimes we face these tough times too, and when we, when we do, sometimes we wonder if God's even listening to our praying. And when we get to that spot, you ever felt like that? Sometimes maybe you've been praying and praying and praying, and you're like, God, are you even listening? Are you even there? Are, are, are they just bouncing off the ceiling? You know? When that happens, when we feel that way, because remember, our feelings are not the fact of what's really going on. Our, our emotions, our feelings, oftentimes will lie to us about what is real. But our feelings are also, that feeling, that emotion is a real thing as well. You definitely do feel that. So I'm not discounting that you feel that way. Because he obviously felt this way. He felt forgotten. He felt rejected. And yet he still cries out to God. And when that happens, when we wonder if God's even listening to our praying, we have two options. We have two options. I already mentioned them. But I'm going to mention them again. We have two options. Number one, we have the option to give up on God now spoiler alert I don't want any of you to take that option but there's that option when we feel like God's not there or God's not answering that we just give up on him again that's not the good option don't do that one but the second option when we're facing tough times we're crying out We're just not sure if it's even doing any good. We can option one, we can give up on God. Or number two, we can do like the psalmist and we can long for God even more. We can turn to him in our desperation, admitting the hole in our heart and understanding that God sometimes turns off the water as a blessing to make us want him more. And that in and of itself is a blessing. Sometimes it's a blessing when you don't get what you want. It's a blessing when God says, "No, I'm not going to do that because it's better for you that I don't." And in our finite human minds, like we, we just can't grasp that because we want what we want. In 2023, I want to be desperate for God. Do you? I want us as a church to be desperate for God and for us to follow him closer than we ever have. I want us to be devoted to the things that he's prescribed in his word for his children to be all about. I was trying to think up some desperation, uh, uh, illustrations of this desperation for thirst. And all I could, like I just trying to figure it out, I'm, I'm, I'm Googling stuff, right? I'm looking it up. And the only thing that comes to mind is Looney Tunes and Daffy Duck. That's how my brain works, folks. So I looked it up. And just like everything, it's on YouTube. In 1963, which I don't mind telling you is a long time before I was born. In 1963, the Looney Tunes Daffy Duck cartoon Duck came out. See what they did there? Aqueduct. It features a scene where Daffy Duck is crawling through the desert. It opens on this sea, and he the sun's beating down. He's crawling through the desert. He's completely worn out. Somehow he's dehydrated, but he's sweating. I don't know how that works, but it's cartoon. He's crawling along. He's saying, water, water, cool, crisp, tingling, or something like that. And he sees this sweet oasis, you know, a couple of palm trees and water. And he jumps into it, and he starts scooping the water into his mouth. And he's just, oh, it's water, and it's so... And then all of a sudden, the mirage goes away, and you realize he's just scooping sand into his mouth. It's played for humor in the cartoon. But that's what I thought about when I thought about us panting like a deer for water, panting and, and desperate, thirsting for the Lord, like we would that drink of water. Maybe you've had a time where you've been without water for a while. You, you've been asleep all night. Maybe you had something really sweet right before you went to bed. That's probably all of us last night. You wake up, you almost can't move your tongue because your mouth is so dry. You can't swallow, so you get up your head for a glass of water. Or one more, maybe you've held your breath for a long time. When I was a kid, Uh, My dad and my brother and I would have these challenges to see how far across our public pool we could swim underwater without coming up for air. My friends were always pretty amazed at how far we could go. My dad had been a lifeguard when he was younger and, and swam all the time. And he could go all the way and back and across and then like halfway again. And it was a, I mean, it was a big pool. I don't know if it was Olympic size or what, but the width was really big. And so my friends would be, you know, impressed. And so we as kids would try and do what he did. We'd get a breath and then we'd kick off the wall and we'd swim and then if you get to the other side, you'd turn around and start to come back. And you'd go as long as you could, but at some point you couldn't go any farther, and you were so desperate to take a breath, you surfaced as fast as you can, and then what happens? <gasps> and you're gasping for that air because you're desperate to get that oxygen in your lungs because you need it to live. That's the kind of desperation and thirst I want for God. It's what I want you to have for God. Because the truth is, he is what we need to live. It needs to be like the air we breathe. We sing that song, right? This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Sometimes I don't like it when we sing that song because I'm afraid some of us are lying. Sometimes, friends, what God is trying to accomplish in our tough times, in our times of trial, in our times of suffering, is to grow us and help us thirst more, long more, hunger more for him. And why would he do that? Because point number three, thirst is quenched by faith. Thirst is quenched by faith. And I'll say thirst is not just quenched by any old faith. Thirst is quenched by faith in Christ. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We know that from Hebrews 11, 1. It's trusting God even in difficult times. Watch how the psalmist deals with his emotions and struggles. He admits his feelings to God with abandon. He doesn't hold back. He's not falsely spiritual. Hear that. He's not falsely spiritual. There is a big temptation today in churchianity for us to seem more spiritual than we really are, to not really say how I feel because I'm afraid somebody else is going to think, that's not very Christian of you. But not being real doesn't help us help each other with anything. It actually leads us, it's almost like when you lie, they say when you lie about your golf scores long enough, you start to believe it. It's almost like if I'm, say i'm okay when i'm not long enough maybe i'll start to think i'm okay and become self-deceived he admits his feelings with abandon he's not falsely spiritual he just speaks his heart my soul why so downcast oh my soul why so why so much turmoil god have you abandoned me then he does something and sometimes we miss he challenges his feelings with faith. he has an ongoing conversation with himself to be reminded to trust God. in fact, see the refrain that echoes throughout these two psalms: "Why are you down or why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me?" and then the very next one. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. We need to be preaching the gospel to ourselves. That Jesus paid that ultimate price for you on the cross for your sins, in your place, died. Taking the wrath of God up himself that you deserved. And when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, he means it. Even if you don't feel it. He challenges his feelings with faith. An ongoing conversation. If you're interested in more of this, preach the gospel to yourself, there's a little book you can get, you can probably find it on Amazon, by my friend Joe Thorne. It's called Note to Self. It's like little daily readings. They're like a page and a half or two pages. Uh, and there's, I don't know, probably 30 of them. And it's called Note to Self. And it's a, it deals with preaching the gospel to yourself. He reminds himself to hope in God who will bring him to worship again and lead him to sing in the night. See, the psalmist sees God's care in the past and looks to his promises in the future and those directions give him hope even when he struggles. We can look to God's faithfulness in the past to find hope for God to be faithful in the future. Has God been faithful to you in your life? you can guarantee he will always be faithful. That doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. And it certainly doesn't mean life is going to be easy. We all know that not to be true. He allows that to give him hope when he struggles. Let's look at some of the practical ways that we can apply the word of God when we face difficult times in 2023. And spoiler alert, I keep saying that a lot, but spoiler alert, I want you to use this even beyond 2023. So there's no expiration date on this. Well, until Jesus returns, then we won't have any hard times anymore. Amen. But what are some practical ways that we can apply the word of God when we go through this? Well, let's say you're dealing with sin. Well, Trust First John 1.9 that says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You might need some wisdom in 2023. I don't know. I know I'm going to need some. So you can pray for that for me. But what if you need wisdom? James 1.5 says if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Some of you may face something scary in 2023. If you're afraid, cling to the words of Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? It's that old... I'm invincible till God's done with me. And when God's done with me, I want to go be with him. What if you're worried this year? If you're worried, read Jesus's words and trust them in Matthew six thirty-one through 33. Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. What do you notice about all of that? Like, don't say it out loud, but as you look through applying the word to these tough situations that we face, our, our fear, our worry, our doubt, our uncertainty, our need for wisdom, what do you notice about those? You notice this, and this is really the main point number four, but it's just this, God is still the answer. I know that, I know you're like, Pastor, that is the most Sunday school answer that you have ever said. That doesn't mean it's wrong. God is still the answer. Note the psalmist, how he describes God in these psalms. He's longing, he's going through a hard thing. Look how he describes God. It says, he is God, the living God, my God. You get that? This is personal for him. God is personal to him because we have a personal God. God is interested in our lives and involved in our lives, not looking at us from a distance like a chessboard. We have a personal God who dwelt among us the God of my life, he says, my rock, the God in whom I take refuge, my exceeding joy. He knows that even in his longing, his God is still the answer for him. He wants to get back to the temple to worship, but deeper than that, desire is his longing just for God. Uh, in in Rob's memorial the other day, I said, heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. It's because we get Jesus. If Jesus isn't there, why, like if you, like um, a famous pastor said something to the tune of like, if you could have all the glories and all the joys of heaven, but Jesus isn't there, would you still want to go? Because that's a good measure of how you feel about Jesus, right? That same God that was the answer to his longing is still the answer for our longing today we have a mighty god a holy and living god a a personal god who has revealed himself to us in christ jesus our god became human all god all man we celebrated that he gave his perfect life in our place for our sins on a criminal's cross He died in one of the most humiliating ways imaginable for you and for me. And he didn't have to. He could have justly and rightly let us just spend eternity in hell. And it would have been completely justified. But because he is also love, Jesus came. And he hung on that cross and paid the price that we deserved as a sacrifice on our behalf. And if we will put our hope and our trust in him and him alone for salvation, then he comes and he dwells in us by the Holy Spirit and walks with us through these tough times. He makes us long for God. Do you get that? The Holy Spirit is who makes us long for God. John six forty four says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. For those in Christ, there is new life and there is the only satisfaction for that thirst. That longing for God that we want is found, the satisfaction for that is found only in Christ. God, listen, God will give you a thirst that only he can satisfy. God will give you a thirst and a hunger that only he can fill. You might try and fill that thirst with all kinds of other things in the world. But none of them will truly and eternally satisfy. Only Jesus can. And that's the beautiful part about this. Is because not only is he the, the one who teaches us to long for him, but he's the satisfaction of that longing. He's the gift and the giver. <laughs> And if we're not careful, we can really start to beat ourselves up. Like, why don't I long for God? You know, oh, I'm so, I'm the worst. I'm terrible. And, and, oh, I feel guilty. And that pastor's just putting that guilt trip on me. That is not what I want you to hear today. What I want you to hear is there's an answer for all of that. And it isn't you trying harder. It's not you trying harder. It's you leaning into Jesus more because he's the one provides that longing and he is the one who satisfies that longing it's only Jesus and as we start a new year I'm going to invite the musicians to come up back to the stage actually but as we start a new year may it be that we long for God more than anything and look if that's not where your heart is today I want to challenge you with a couple of things ask God to make you long for him more And be prepared for both. Be prepared for difficulties that make you long for him even more. And even more than that, be prepared for the joy that comes when we learn that he's still the answer. So I want to challenge you to cry out for him, to long for him, and be prepared for those difficulties when they come, and let those push you to lean in him more, and then also the joy from when we learn that he is still the answer second challenge i want to make to you today <coughs> excuse me that's going to sound terrible on the audio second challenge to help you long for the lord is to be in his word this year <coughs> excuse me i want to challenge you to read the whole bible this year i know it can seem daunting especially if you've never read the whole thing. So I want to help you. Do it with us. Do it with us. There's a Bible reading plan that I'll be using. There's a couple that are available to you, okay? There's one that's printed and is out there, and as I said, it's very small, but if you can make it through the first week, uh, we'll try to get some bigger ones for you next week. It takes you through the entire Bible in one year a six-day plan so you have sundays off so the good news is if you didn't get started today it's a day off anyway so you can start tomorrow the number one indicator of someone's spiritual growth and maturity and this is from a study that was done several years back on discipleship the number one indicator of someone's spiritual growth and maturity is their engagement with the word of god so i want to challenge you to long for god more to cry out for him be prepared for it, and to also spend more time listening to his voice in his word. He has spoken to us in his word. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Make 23 the year that you dive deeper than you ever have before. And you know what? Say, pastor, I've tried that before. I make it to Leviticus and I stop. Well, good news, this doesn't go straight through this plan. Uh, Secondly, um, you know what? But you made it to Leviticus and you made it farther than you would have if you didn't have a plan. So pick it up and keep going. The question is, what will your 2023 look like? Only God knows for sure. But the question before you today is, will you long for him this year? Would you stand and pray with me? Lord God as we come to this final song this time of responding in our hearts to what you have uh, said in your word God I pray that we would long for you pray that I would long for you God when we face scary things or hard things or sad things this year make those things drive us to you and don't let us use them as an excuse to run from you. I pray that we would be a church of people who individually and corporately as a church are desperate for you to move, desperate for you to work in our lives, desperate for you to make disciples here in Dixon and to the farthest reaches of the globe. Use us, Lord, but make us long for you. Give us deeper times of prayer, deeper times of worship, deeper times in your word. Individually, as we are out during the week, that when we come together corporately as your body, that we worship and celebrate together as those who have a longing for you all week and can come together and cry out as one. Let us be different. make us hungry and thirsty for you, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Let's sing together again.